the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Each person individually has to put their personal faith in Jesus Christ to be made holy, to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So you cannot transmit holiness to others, but you can transmit uncleanness. You can transmit uncleanness. Or to put it maybe another way, you can't transmit health to someone else, but you can transmit sickness. How much of an influence do people have on you? In today's edition of Ring of Truth, Pastor Dan talks about the influence that Christians have within the world. You cannot give someone salvation. The only way someone can be saved is through putting their trust in the Lord. But is your influence causing someone to stray away from Christ? Attitudes are as infectious as smiles are. As Christians, we are called to be examples of Christ's love in the world. Our influence needs to put the spotlight on Christ. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Haggai chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. What the nations long for will not be provided by the next election. It will be provided for by Jesus Christ. And the nations don't even realize what we're really longing for is Jesus Christ. The things we want, the things we hope for, they're only found in Jesus Christ. And that's also true on an individual level as well. Jesus fulfills the desire of the soul. The Bible says we were created subject to vanity, subject to emptiness, And only Jesus Christ can fill that emptiness. He's actually the desire of all people, just as he's the desire of all nations. Now, people try to fill that emptiness with things, but it just leaves them empty. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. And he's talking about here at the end of the tribulation period when Jesus Christ returns and he rules over all the earth as king of kings and lord of lords from Jerusalem The nations will come to him. They will come to the desire of all nations. And he will fill this temple with glory. Again, they're looking back at Solomon's temple and how glorious that was. And here the Lord is pointing them ahead to this future temple, this temple in the kingdom age, the millennial temple. And then he says in verse eight, hey, the silver is mine and the gold is mine says the Lord of hosts. All the gold and silver belongs to the Lord. And so they don't need to be discouraged that they don't have gold and silver in this temple that they're building. God's not impressed by that. And he says in verse 9, look, the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, 
says the Lord of hosts. During the kingdom age, Jesus will rule from the kingdom temple in Jerusalem. And so the glory of that latter temple will be greater than the former temple. It'll be greater than Solomon's temple. They're so fixed on Solomon's temple. Man, we're nothing compared to that. Well, hey, Solomon's temple is nothing compared to the kingdom temple where Jesus Christ will rule and reign from as king of kings and lord of lords. And so he's pointing them ahead. (laughs) During the kingdom age, Jesus will rule from this temple and the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former temple. Though this temple that they're building, it has less gold than Solomon's temple. It'll have more glory. You know, Jesus Christ will come. And he will rule from the temple of God, the house of God in Jerusalem. And certainly the glory that Jesus brought into the temple during his earthly ministry was greater than the glory of Solomon's temple. And he says here at the end of verse 9 that the Lord will give peace in this place. In this place refers to Jerusalem. The Lord will provide peace in Jerusalem. Well, how did he do that? Through the cross. Jesus Christ dying on the cross in our place was a sacrifice for our sins. And Jesus provides peace for us with God through his shed blood. And then when he reigns as king of kings during the kingdom age, he will bring peace on earth. He will rule as the prince of peace. And one of the things that God is saying here to Haggai and what he's saying to us also is that there's this unfolding plan of redemption. This is all going somewhere. You know, this world is not just going to continue on as it always has kind of thing. It's just going to go on forever. No, there's going to come an end to the age. Right now we live in the day of man. There is coming the day of the Lord. Right now man is kind of in charge. There's going to come a day when... God is going to take the reins. And God will be in charge. And Jesus Christ will return and establish his kingdom here on the earth and rule as king of kings from Jerusalem. And so he goes on here in verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, Now, watch what he says here. Ask the priests concerning the law, saying, if one carries holy meat, and so this is meat that has been offered to God at the temple, it's set apart, it's sanctified to God. If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, the priests were given a portion of the offering for themselves to eat. So if one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge he touches bread, or stew, or wine, or oil, or any food, will that food become holy? And then the priest answered and said, well, no. And Haggai said, well, if one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it become unclean? And so the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. And then verse 14, then Haggai answered and said, So is this people and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. 
So Haggai receives this word from the Lord. And here, what he's talking about in verses 12 and 13, he's saying you cannot transmit holiness to someone else. You cannot transmit holiness to someone else. If I'm holding a piece of holy meat that's been set apart to the Lord in my garment and I brush up against something else or some other food, that doesn't make that food holy. You cannot transmit holiness. Your personal holiness cannot make someone else holy. Each person individually has to put their personal faith in Jesus Christ to be made holy. To be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So you cannot transmit holiness to others, but you can transmit uncleanness. You can transmit uncleanness. Or to put it maybe another way, you can't transmit health to someone else, but you can transmit sickness, right? You guys know that, right? Wash your hands, socially distance. You remember all that from a couple years ago? Because you can transmit sickness to other people. Sickness is contagious. Spiritual uncleanness is contagious. Spiritual defilement can be passed on to others. What's the point? The point is this. If you hang around sin, you're going to get defiled. If you hang around sin, you're going to get defiled. You're going to be polluted. This is why Paul warns us in the New Testament to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers because you'll be defiled by that unbeliever. Paul says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. We're called out from among them. We're called to be separate from them, to be holy because it'll pollute you. If you hang around sin, you'll get defiled. If you hang around ungodly people, it will affect you. It will affect your behavior. It will affect the way you talk. And the things you talk about and the language you use. If you hang out with ungodly people. So again, verse 14, he says, so is this people and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. What is Haggai saying? Those working on the temple, building the temple, They could not impart holiness to it, but they could defile it. They could defile it by their sins. It was important that they were doing the work. That's a good thing that they're doing the work, but they had to do it with clean hands and a pure heart. Otherwise, the work would be defiled. And so too with us, we can corrupt the work of the Lord with our sin. We can do the work of the Lord, but if we don't have clean hands, we're going to defile the work of the Lord. Now, that brings us to verse 15. And now carefully consider from this day forward. From before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days, when one came to a heap of 20 ephahs, there was but 10. And when one came to the wine vat to draw out 50 baths from the press, There was but 20. He's describing a shortage here. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail and all the labors of your hands. Yet you did not turn to me, says the Lord. He he says here, going back up to verse 15, he says, Before stone was laid upon stone 
in the temple. That is, before you restarted the work of building the temple, what does he describe here? You had your economy was in ruins. You had shortages. You had supply chain issues. You had inflation. You know, your dollar wasn't going quite as far. And please note what he says here. Please note what he says. God says here that he sent that economic ruin upon the nation to cause the people to turn back to him. But they didn't turn back to him. The economic troubles in the nation were the direct result of not making God preeminent and giving him his proper place and honoring the Lord in the nation. Now, we have seen this over and over and over in the prophets. That the economic trouble of the nation was caused by the spiritual condition of the nation. And it wasn't the result of bad economic policy or anything like that. It was because of where the nation was spiritually. And God was using that economic hardship and that economic catastrophe on the nation to try to get the attention of the people of the nation so that they would turn back to the Lord. But the nation never did. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. The Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. And sometimes, for us individually, when we turn away from the Lord or we depart from the Lord and we kind of go our own way, sometimes what God will do is he'll lift his hand of protection, he'll remove his blessing from our lives, he'll allow us to go through hard times, and the purpose of that hardship is to get us to turn back to him. That's not every time. That doesn't mean every time you have a hardship or every time you have economic problems that it's the chastening of the Lord, but sometimes it is. You know, I think about the story of the prodigal son, how he rebelled against his father. He rebelled against his father's authority. He wanted to go his own way. He, he went his own way, and he ended up broke, living in a pigsty. And that's where he came to the end of himself and returned back to his father. And when he returned back to his father, his father welcomed him with open arms and received him back home. But once he rebelled and went off on his own, that just led into hardship in his life. And that's what God will do sometimes. And when we repent, we can always repent and return to him and he receives us back. And that's what he's saying here with the people in Jerusalem that are there, this remnant. He says in verse 18, consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it Is the seed still in the barn as yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day, I will bless you 
Now that you have made God the top priority, now that you're seeking first the kingdom of God, now that God is preeminent in all things, now I will bless you. Now I will prosper you from this day forward. God said, you can mark your calendar. That this is the day everything's going to change for you because now you have given me your proper, my proper place in your life. Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. And once they started right back at the work of the Lord, it was automatic. It was automatic with the Lord. Once they got back to doing what God had called them to do and they got back to the work of God, God said, from this day forward, I'm going to start blessing you. Now that they have their priorities in their proper order, now that God is preeminent, now that they're seeking first the kingdom of God instead of seeking first their own kingdom and their own prosperity, God will bless them. Verse 20, we're almost finished. And again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, saying, speak to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah. Notice it doesn't say speak to Joshua, the high priest, or speak to the remnant of the people. This is just for Zerubbabel, the governor. And Zerubbabel probably thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is just for me. Oh, no. What's he got to say? He says, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride them. The horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. Again, this is all looking ahead to the tribulation period. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. Now, the signet ring was worn by the king, and it was used to put the king's seal on documents, like a signature. And the signet ring was a symbol of honor and authority. And here the Lord says to Zerubbabel, I, I will make you like a signet ring to me. Now, why does he say this specifically to Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel was in the line of David. And the line of David was interrupted by the Babylonian captivity. And God was reassuring Zerubbabel that the Davidic line would not die out, that it would continue, and that it will be reestablished with him. And all of the messianic prophecies will be fulfilled. Now, Zerubbabel is named in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. From Zerubbabel would come the Savior of the world, the Son of David, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And look at verse 23 again. The Lord reassures Zerubbabel saying, for I have chosen you. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I would say that probably greatly encouraged Zerubbabel. To hear those words. I've chosen you. And I would bet that encouraged Zerubbabel to finish the work God had given him to do. The Lord chose Zerubbabel to lead this work of rebuilding the temple and restoring the worship of the Lord. Zerubbabel is the governor. He's the leader. 
And the work has languished for many years under his leadership. But Zerubbabel was still God's choice. And the Lord here makes the point to tell Zerubbabel, you're still my choice. To lead this thing. That's grace. That's grace. Grace is undeserved kindness, undeserved favor. The Lord does not say to Zerubbabel, hey, you've been at this for 15 years. And I just don't think your leadership material, the work's not done. I'm going to find someone else to lead this job and get it done. You can clean out your desk. Most jobs, you've got a 90-day period just to see if you can perform the job. Most businesses will give you 90 days. You know, if you can't do it, they're going to find someone else. And, and here, after, you know, 15 years or more, the Lord says to Zerubbabel, you're still my choice. You're still my guy that I want leading this thing. And what does Jesus say to you? What does he say to me? You did not choose me, but I chose you. And he goes on to say, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit shall remain. We're chosen by Jesus. And Jesus would say to you, for I have chosen you. And I have appointed you that you should bear fruit for God. And listen, listen, Romans chapter 11, verse 29 says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. God doesn't change his mind about you. God doesn't change his mind about us. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't revoke our calling. He doesn't say, I chose you. And it wasn't a good choice. And I want to choose somebody else now. And maybe you're here and you're like Zerubbabel. And you really have not been doing the things that God has called you to do. Simply start doing the work. Simply start doing the work. Maybe the work the Lord has called you to do has been languishing, and maybe it's been languishing for years. Start doing the work. Start doing the work he's called you to do. Confess your sin, and God will forgive you, and he will cleanse you. It's automatic. And then start doing the work again. Start walking in his ways again from this night forward, just as he said, from this day forward, from this night forward. You're still his choice. You're still his choice. And one day. You'll stand before him. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. It's all grace. It's all grace. He's not judging you based on your performance. If he were judging us based on our performance, we'd all be cleaning out our desk. He's judging us based on his grace. Undeserved goodness, undeserved kindness, undeserved blessing. Not because we earn it, but because he's so gracious and he's so loving. And so he says to you, you're still my choice. You're still the guy I want. You're still the girl I want. So just get back into the work. He asked me how I know and I 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Haggai, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We realize that there may be some unanswered questions you have from today's teaching. Would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about what you heard and try to encourage you in your spiritual walk with God. There are additional resources for you at calvaryec.com. So don't hesitate to explore what this ministry is all about. Ring of Truth is supported by Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. If you'd like to learn more about when and where we meet, service times and directions are on our website, calvaryec.com. To learn more about Pastor Dan or about what the church believes, we invite you to go to the About tab and read through some of that information on our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. You can email us too by going to the About tab and clicking on Contact. We hope you'll be excited to come back to hear more from the book of Haggai. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through this Old Testament prophetic book next time. So tune in and be a part of our listening audience once again. Until then, be learning and growing on your own as you dive into God's Word. And join us again on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.